This week on Writers Inc. I mean, we we have a function specifically for people that are completely brand new. Um, it's called the one-click campaign setup, and really, at its bare minimum, all you need to know are the ASINs that you're going to advertise. Whether you are traditionally published or indie, writing a good book is only the first step in becoming a successful author. The days of just turning a manuscript into your editor and walking away are gone. If you want to succeed in today's publishing world, you need to understand every aspect of the business. Editing, formatting, marketing, contracts. It all starts with a good book. Then the real work begins. Join international best-selling author J.D. Barker and indie powerhouse Jay Thorne as they gain unique insight and valuable advice from the most prolific and accomplished authors in the business. The publishing world is changing, adapting. Do you have what it takes to become a full-time writer? If you're willing to do the work, we'll give you the tools. Get your notepad out. School's in session. This is Writer's In. JD, how's it going this week? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing all right, man. It's, uh, it's a little warm. It's a little humid. But you know what? It's July, and I'll take it over the snow. Yeah, oh, you know what? I am loving my air conditioner. Like, <laughs> I could, my neighbors across the street, like they've got every window open and they've got like a little box fan in the window. And I, I just, I can't imagine. And that, that's kind of where we were last year because when we bought this house, it didn't have air conditioning. And by the time they got it installed, I think we were like three weeks into September. So we had like one warm day where we actually got to test it out, but you know, never really, really put it through its paces. But it, it is so freaking nice to wake up in a nice air conditioned room and, <laughs> you know, like have no clue that, I mean, cause it's 90 outside today in, in New Hampshire, which is insane. Like it, it, you know, it's not supposed to hit these kind of temperatures, but we've been in the eighties and nineties, like pretty much for the whole, the whole week. Yeah. Have you guys been in that house for a year now? Yeah, it was, um, June, June 2nd is when we physically moved in. Um, we, we closed on it at the beginning of April. So yeah, it's, it's been a year. Wow. It's yeah. Crazy. It goes by Time quick. Flies, huh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're still doing construction. He's I can hear I can hear our contractor up there pounding away, and I'm getting ready to to start a porch outside, and our landscapers coming by. We found um, we've got granite steps. Like we're up on a really big hill, um, and our front door is like um, like nobody uses it because you can't really get to it. There's a the big hill in front of it, and like to actually get to it, you have to park at the end of our driveway and walk down a long sidewalk and kind of backtrack all the way through the front of the house to get to the front. And um, it seems really weird because, you know, there's a front door um, and we learned that there's actually granite steps in our hill that the previous owner had buried because he was worried somebody might slip on them during the winter oh. and he just didn't want people trudging up this, this hill. So we've got steps that are made out of granite that are seven feet wide that are buried under the dirt, <laughs> um, you know, which is crazy expensive and, and gorgeous to look at. And we, we've been uncovering them lately and I've got a landscaper coming by um, in about two weeks and he's going to shore them up and put a railing in and you know, make it make it look really nice. But um, yeah, that was a, a really cool find. And did, how, did you know about that ahead of time, or did you just discover them? It was totally by accident because the the man who owned this house before he passed away, um, and I've, I'm friendly with his wife. Um, and she lives here on the island with us, and I saw her at a, um, a a library event, I guess about six months ago, and I was telling her that like nobody comes to the front door, and she's like, yeah, yeah, not since we covered up those steps. And I'm like steps and, and, and this this was 1987 like when when they did oh, it so it's, wow. it's been a really long time and like if she wouldn't have mentioned them I'd, I'd have no clue they were there because it's completely overgrown and you know like you just you can't tell um so we'll we'll see i mean we, we kind of dusted one of them off and just got to the first one just to get a handle on what we were looking at and and they're they're beautiful i mean they're they're you know, completely carved out of granite they're probably about uh 10 inches thick or so um and seven feet wide 
So good find, I man. Yeah, I can't wait to to get those uncovered. Yeah, I've got a big milestone happening too, and I'm not quite sure what to do with this one. Oh, really? Tell so, us about it. Yeah. So apparently, Facebook maxes out on the number of friends that you're allowed to have. <laughs> um, and like, I I don't. The only social media I actually do myself is Twitter. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really use Facebook. I'll, I'll look at it every once in a while. But I've got uh, like an intern that that handles that for me. Um, but he, but he told me that I'm at like four thousand eight. Uh, 987, I think is what he said. So I'm, I'm like 13 away from the the total. So if, if there's anybody out there that would like to be my friend on Facebook, <laughs> the platform that I don't actually use, there, there's 13 spots left. Uh, I've got no clue what happens when I, when I hit that number. I mean, I've got an author's page too. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm guessing that, it, you know, attention just kind of shifts over to that. Uh, but from what I remember, like long time ago, I, I went to a, a conference, yeah, it was a conference that like a talk on, on this on Facebook and they had mentioned that um, anything that you post like on your personal page, it gets seen a lot more than like on your author page. I guess it's like a 10 percent you know, difference. Like you know, only about 10 percent would see it on your author page versus a personal page. Um, but I guess Facebook at some point, they force you to, to go that that route because they see you as more of a business than an individual. Um, so who knows? But uh, I'm there, which I guess is a good thing. I don't know if there, there's cake or anything involved, but I'm coming up on 5K. Well, hopefully we can get uh, we can get 13 people to become your new friends. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. That'll be the goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. What else is going on? I, I'm getting pounded for re requests to do virtual conferences. Like every yes. conference has gone virtual. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm at the point now where I've I've got to turn them down because um, yeah, first of all they're stressful. You know, like whether yes. it's a virtual event, even though I'm in my house and stuff, but you know I still have to prep for it. I you know I still spend the night before thinking about it. You know, the second I end it, I think about all the things I wanted to say that I didn't and where I screwed up and, and things like that, you know, so it's no different than actually doing one at a real event other than I'm, I'm home. Um, nobody seems to be paying for them, which is, <laughs> is a little bit of a problem. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to start turning them down and I, I hate to do it because I, I love getting out in front of people, especially now, you know, cause I just feel like I'm locked in the house like everybody else, but I, I just, I can't do that much. Not, not, not the number that are coming through the door. Um, but I, I did stumble into something the other day, which I thought was kind of cool. And a lot of us are using zoom. Um, I mean, we're on zoom right now. Um, zoom has actually got hardware coming out. Yeah. Um, which is kind of neat. So I, I pulled the specs on this. It comes out in August and you can pre-order it now, but it's a 27 inch monitor with, with zoom basically built in. Uh, it's got three cameras and eight microphones. Um, and, and it's dedicated for zoom. So I guess it's, it's only, you know, I, unless you're on zoom a lot, you know, it's, it's probably not a worthwhile spend, but you know, for somebody like me, I mean, I'm on zoom a couple of times a day, so it'd be nice to have a dedicated piece of hardware for it. When you're not actually using it for a zoom call, it shows you your schedule, you know, on, right on the screen and, and things mm. like that. So, um, so I'm not sure if it can be used as like a regular computer at some point or, or what other functions it, it has, but they're, they're clearly taking advantage of the, the fact that a lot of people are using them right now that had no clue, you know, what, what zoom even was you know six months ago yeah i'll definitely have to check that out uh i i want to mention too related to conferences uh zach and i put up the landing page for the career author summit 2021 we're going to try it again uh, we went <laughs> we went completely virtual this year we're pushing it to september of next year and what we're doing is we're offering uh either an in-person ticket or a virtual ticket so people okay. who don't want to travel can still attend. And worst case scenario, if we have to go virtual again, we'll already have the infrastructure in place. So I'll have a link in the show notes. We have an early bird discount that's good till the, uh, till the end of July. So if people want to check that out, that'll be there. 
Well, from an attendee standpoint, being able to do it online is, is huge. You know, like I, I've, I've seen so many podcasts and attended virtual conferences like in the last couple of weeks, way more than I have in like the past year. Um, so I, from that standpoint, I, I think it's great. Um, I, I, I have a little trouble connecting with the audience, you know, as a teacher yes. when, when it's, when it's online versus being in a room where I can see people, you know, sitting across from me, but that, that seems to be improving. I think the more that I do it, I think it's just, you know, just a matter of getting used to it. I think we'll all get used to it about the same time, hopefully that vaccine is out and we can we can open our front doors again and venture back outside yeah it, it's so true I, I i did a uh, i did a talk at the career author summit virtual back in may and the it was so weird like I, I could see a thumbnail of people but it wasn't like being in the room and reading their faces and making eye right. contact with people it was just it was different yeah and they drop off and like the you know their images kind of shift around oh, yeah, on the screen around, every once yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's it's hard to keep track of everybody especially when you end up with a large group um but yeah, it, it is what it is. That's yep, yep. Well, we have uh, a different type of guest today. We've got Derek from Prestazon. Do you want to tell people how you, I, I think you kind of discovered him or, or heard him first, uh, to tell everyone about a little bit about him and what Prestazon is? Yeah, so yeah, I only listened to a couple other podcasts, but one of them is, is Mark Dawson and, and self-publishing formula. And I, I first heard him on there and he started, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of Amazon ads, but I'm literally fumbling around in the dark. I've got no clue what I'm doing. I'm just creating ads and just throwing money at it. Um, and I, I figured it out. I'm spending anywhere from 50 to $200 a day uh, with, with no real plan. Which, which is really stupid. That's a wide <laughs> but, range too, 50 yeah, to 200 yeah. bucks. Well, the thing is, you know, like you can't control, like Facebook, if you create a Facebook ad, like, and you say my budget is X, like they will just max out your budget every day. They don't care. You, you're going to hit that number no matter what. Um, Amazon doesn't do that. So you could tell them, okay, I'll spend $10 a day on this ad, but they may only spend 10 cents or they may not touch it. And then, in, you know, a week later, all of a sudden that ad might get hot and all of a sudden they're spending the full amount. So it's very difficult to keep a, a, you know, a functional budget working with, with Amazon. Um, but, you know, again, I was fumbling around the dark. I had no idea what I was actually doing. So, you know, this guy started talking about his system and my ears perked up. Like, oh, you know, so I, I had to jump on this and I, I signed up for a, a free trial and they were kind enough to give me the full blown version of the software so I could test it out. And I've been going for about two weeks or so now with it. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing a significant drop in, in my A cost, which is, you know, my, my cost per ad versus my, my actual purchases. Um, to like, I think it was at like 300% before. And like now I'm at like 120, you know, just just after you know switching on their their software um, because it allows you to just really you know pull back the curtain and, and dig under the hood and, and kind of figure out what's working and what's not and you know see what's costing you money and what's you know what's working on the cheap and you know just fine-tune all that stuff and you know at, in a detail level that I was never able to do before so I've been you know turning off a lot of the ads that I personally created I've been creating a lot of ads with their system um, which is is working fantastic and I'm, I'm really curious to see I mean it's only been a couple of weeks so it's difficult to see where it's gonna go um, I, I think he's probably gonna mention this but they, the software has been around for a while, but it wasn't geared towards authors. Uh, you know, they're, they're helping people sell widgets. So basically any product out there and, and now they're focusing on authors and building that. Um, and I, I'm kind of feeling that in their software as well. Like, you know, it's, it's very wide ranging as far as creating stuff. Um, it's not specific to an author. So I think once they create a template specific to an author, it's going to be huge. Um, the only limitation I've run into so far is if I create an ad on their system, I can't use custom text. Um, 
that's a big deal for me because I've got a lot of blurbs from big name authors that I like to throw on those ads. Cause you know, if you've got five or six on the carousel and you know, I've got a quote from, from Jim Patterson on, you know, on mine that tends to draw a lot of eyeballs sure. and I can see it in the click through. Um, so for whatever I, I emailed their tech support, they said, that's just not something that Amazon includes in the API uh, at this moment, but it does sound like they've got a, a really strong relationship with, with those guys over at Amazon. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that down the road. Um, but I am really excited about this software. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about it. Yeah, I hate ads. I absolutely hate them. But like, I, I also understand like you have to have a basic understanding and you've got to use them to a certain degree. And so I think this this tool could really solve a lot of problems. And uh, not to be a little bit of a tease, but uh, I think you guys are going to want to stick around till the end of the interview because we got a little special offer for you too. Perfect. Okay, man. So what is the uh, official job description that goes along with head of drone conveyed hologram ad strategy? Uh, I mean, you know, we haven't even created it yet, uh, <laughs> but eventually I'm going to have my own army of drones and they're going to come to your house and they're going to set up Amazon PPC for you. That's the dream. Oh my God. I'm in. Where can I buy that right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's quit joking around and back up a second. Why don't you tell us uh, who you are and, wh and what you do? Yeah, of course. My name is Dirk Demers, uh, and my official current title until we get those drones is uh, I'm the head of ad strategy and partner support for Prestazon, which is uh, Amazon PPC automation tool. Yes, this is going to be uh, this is going to be quite quite a conversation. I know our our loyal listeners are used to hearing us uh, talk with authors and industry people, but I think this is the the first type of this conversation we're going to have, and I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I know that JD and I have both been uh, tooling around a little bit in, in the uh, Prestazon dashboard and trying to get a, a sense of, of what it does. Um, so I, I know that you, your company really started this, this ad management uh, service, but you weren't really focused just on authors. It was mostly on Amazon resellers in general. So why, why now are you sort of putting more emphasis on how this can help authors? Actually, quite frankly, we got reached out to by Amazon. Um, we have a super close relationship with Amazon. Like you said, we've been working with resellers for you know three to four years now, um, and we've got a great relationship with them. And they actually came to us and said, "Hey, you you have a decent amount of authors on your your platform right now." Which, by the way, was information they weren't giving us. <laughs> we we had no clue. You know, unless someone reached out to us, we didn't know. Oh, this person is a KDP author, which has now changed, which is amazing. Um, but they came to us and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" And we said, "Quite frankly, not a lot. You know, we're just doing what we're what we're doing for resellers, and some authors happen to find it valuable." Um, and so they came to us and said, "Well, would you be willing to support authors more?" And we said, "Absolutely." Mm. So you know, we're still very much in the early stages, and and we're 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 learning a lot, and we're trying to understand what authors need. Um, but that's how we kind of stumbled into it. And now we're really trying to make it a big initiative for the company. Fantastic. And I, I'm not a shill. I, I think our listeners <laughs> probably know, know by now, but this is a game changer. And I think it's a game changer because your average author, especially your average indie author, doesn't didn't get into this to, to write ads and manage ads. Uh, they're in it to write books. And you know that's not to say you don't have to do some marketing or you don't have to pay attention to some metrics. You're a business person, you do. But this idea that um, I need to be spending even an hour a day, um, you know, tweaking, manually tweaking my ads, is like, that's just not something I'm going to do. 
And, uh, and so I think, you know, what you're offering, it's still going to require a, um, an eye here and there, but not nearly to the same degree that, that manually running your ads would. So how about a, an overview of what Prestazon does? Like a layman's terms, what, what does this thing do? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in, in very layman's terms, we basic, basically have three prongs of our functionality. So the first prong is the analytics. Um, we break down how Amazon kind of structures your PPC advertising in a really unique way. So you can get a ton of visibility. Um, you know, the, the phrase I always say is what gets measured improves, right? If you can't see it and, and understand it, then you're, there's no way you're going to be able to improve upon it. And then we have two functional aspects. One is our bid optimization. And so we'll take your keywords and we'll try to optimize based on our algorithm. Um, and then the third thing is a keyword harvest. And so we actually go through your advertising and every time you have a search term that converts a sale, we'll take that and we'll put it into its own exact match keyword. And I know some people are probably already in over their heads, <laughs> but an exact match keyword is kind of the most specific way that you can target specific search terms. Um, and so we use that to try to get as close to a one-to-one -one relationship between a search term and a keyword. Um, because, you know, search terms are what people are actually typing in uh, to your search bar. And so you want to kind of target those um, and really think about the search term level. Uh, and so that's like the really, really quick spiel. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so the, again, like questions out of ignorance and, and I'm, I'm sort of being a proxy, but maybe not entirely. Uh, you're asking for a friend. I'm I asking for a friend. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like a lot of that assumes you've already got ads up and running. Um, so can you talk for a minute about, uh, you know, what you're seeing as the easiest or most accessible, I should say, way for authors to even get started on this and, and be able to utilize the services you offer? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we have a function specifically for people that are completely brand new. Um, it's called the one-click campaign setup. And really, at its bare minimum, all you need to know are the ASINs that you're going to advertise. And you, you go through this process, you enter the ASINs, you know, it helps if you have a little context about, you know, what budget you're willing to spend and, you know, kind of where your bid levels might lie. But at its very, very base, you could literally just walk in blind with ASINs, put them in, and we would set up three campaigns for you. We would set up the automation rules for you automatically, and we would kind of get you in a baseline. Um, and so... You know, I think that there are steps before that, you know, to step away from the presses on pitch a little bit, you know, having some experience trying to run auto ads and learning what Amazon does with your auto campaigns and, and how they position your books um, and then switching to manual campaigns, which are the ones that you put your actual keywords in just to understand, oh, you know, th this is how I do these things. And then you would have a little bit of context so that when you stepped over to an automation platform like uh, like Press is on, you could say, oh, you know, I, I remember doing that manually in the Amazon portal. I understand what they're doing. And then hopefully you go, and I understand how much time <laughs> they're saving um, is, a, is an added benefit from our perspective. But it's good to have some context. And on the very baseline, I would say start with just one auto and one manual and test that out. Um, but as I said earlier, we do have the one click campaign set up that 
completely sets you up from scratch. Wow, I didn't know that. I, I was assuming you had to have already created campaigns and had keywords in there and everything, but wow. No, you can do you can do either way. All of our automation can also be added on to existing campaigns. Sometimes people come in and say, oh, I have to start from scratch and, and use your internal systems. Absolutely not. Our, our automation can be applied to existing campaigns that you made two years ago, or you can start fresh. It's, we're very flexible. So in theory, um, Amazon should know best what, what ads sell and which ones don't, right? In theory. Uh, and eventually, I think it has to be in their best interest to serve relevant ads to customers who are most likely to, to, to purchase. Um, so what are, you, what are your thoughts right now on, because uh, I've heard varying things about setting up the auto ad, like the auto ad versus the manual. How good is the auto? are the auto ads getting? And are they up to that level yet where you might not have to set up a manual ad? The auto ads are a shotgun. The manual ads are a scalpel. Okay. And both, both are important tools, right? Um, I, one of our common, you know, sort of phrases that we throw around is, um, kind of working with the Amazon black box because Amazon doesn't tell you a lot, right? They don't tell anyone a lot. They don't even tell, you know, I, I was talking earlier about how close our relationship with Amazon is. They still don't give us a ton of insight into their internal calculations. And so exactly what you were saying, auto campaigns are super powerful. It is in Amazon's best interest to put you in front of people that are going to buy your book. And so what we try to do is we try to leverage what the auto campaigns are good at, but then, you know, use that data and extract the really successful portion of it. And then you can kind of separate the wheat from the chaff because what the auto campaign doesn't do very well is it doesn't give you a lot of control. It, it is in Amazon's best interest to kind of give you a good cost benefit, but the auto campaigns aren't very good at that. You know, they're going to have a lot of bad search terms. They're going to have a lot of good search terms. And so the key is to try to extract the good, put those in the manual where you have more control. You can manage the bid individually. And then, uh, you know, you let your auto campaign only do what it's good at, which is kind of find you new customers and new users that can that can come over and check out your books. Mm. So you talk about using a, a sort of a combo strategy then between the auto and, and the manual. Do those ads compete against each other? So we, uh, one of the reasons Presses On was started was because our founder, Ben, had this idea called search term isolation. So another entity that you may or may not be familiar with on the Amazon PPC space is the idea of a negative keyword. So. A positive keyword will, you know, surface your advertisement on a certain search term or group of search terms. The negative keyword works in exactly the opposite way. So if you have a search term that you do not want showing up, you know it's bad. You know, maybe it's a competitor, you know, or another author that you know is not compatible with your books or something like that. You can use a negative keyword in order to make sure that that search term does not show up at all. And so our idea is search term isolation, which Every time you promote into the manual, you actually subsequently negate back in the auto so that there's no overlap. Ah. And so it, exactly what you're saying, we don't want that competition between the auto and your various manual campaigns if you have multiple. Got it. Okay. Uh, so what are, what are some of the 
maybe baby steps authors can take right now. Let's say they've they've maybe never even created an ad or they've only set up one or two and don't really understand it. What, what can they? What can authors start now that will sort of get them moving in the right direction? Yeah, either they can go through the Amazon portal and set up, like I was saying, one auto and one manual, or they could go through presses on and set up our ideal structure, which is actually one auto and two manuals. It's a, a research manual and a performance manual. And set that up and, and basically just watch it. You know, put in enough budget that you're, you know, you're not gonna have to worry about it and just let it kind of run a little bit. And the best thing you can do is just poke around in the data and say, oh, you know, what is getting sales? What what isn't getting sales? You know, where are all of my impressions going? And start getting comfortable with the, you know, the different abbreviations. What is CTR? What is CVR? What is ACOS? Um, you know, all of that stuff. And the only way you're going to learn is by getting into it a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's best to have a little bit of skin in the game, right? Yeah. Spending just a little bit just so that you're cognizant of it and you're, you're really, um, you know, investing in it is really, really important. Yeah. Uh, I, I know this is not necessarily just relevant to Prestazon, but I know one of the other things I've heard in the community, especially right now, because it's widely recognized we're in a pay to play environment for authors that if, if you're not running ads, you, you're just not going to get organic eyeballs anymore. That those days are gone. So I think the, you know, the elephant in the room is what happens when the big five or, or the trad pubs with huge budgets are able to use these same tools. Like do the, does the little guy get squashed out? You know, the, the, the indie author who, you know, can't afford to, to bid at, you know, $10 a click, like what happens to them then? What, what starts have there's, there's a few things that you can do. First of all, and this gets a little bit deeper into Amazon PPC strategy, and I, I apologize no, uh, that, that to everyone, do. but um, both on the the e-commerce side, the reseller side, and then on the author side, there's uh, a concept of branded terms. Um, and so even if you've got a gigantic publisher that you're competing with, um, you know, Amazon uses relevance. And part of relevance is that the title matches and that the description matches and things like that. And so there are still niches that you can carve out for your own books, whether it be plot wise, um, you know, going on the exact title, going on the exact author. And so there's directions there. And like you were saying, I mean, with our relationship with Amazon, I'm not going to comment in, in terms of, of, you know, things being pay to play or not. But if it is important for you to have ad spend, typically, if you're going that branded route, you can have ad spend at a fairly efficient rate. Um, and you know, the visibility is going to be limited, but at least you're not going to be running up this huge bill against publishers. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, really focusing on long tail. Um, you know, what the publishers are going to do, and we see this with the big brands on the other side as well, is, you know, they're going to throw out broad matches, they're going to, they're going to throw out auto campaigns, and they're just going to dump a lot of money on it. And they're not really going to think about these really specific niche long, what we call long tail keywords. So keywords that have, you know, three, four, five words in them, but people are searching those. And so if you can find a few of those, you can actually really cater your bids to those and you can get some decent return on those, avoiding the more generic terms. You know, on the reseller side, the one that I always call out is like weight loss. Like if any any product has to do with weight loss, I, if it's a smaller brand, I tell them stop, stop advertising on weight loss because you're just going to be going up against a million competitors that have more money than you. 
you need to be really smart about the more niche sort of specific words that you're targeting. Interesting. Uh, do you see any difference in either, you know, performance or, or any other metric when it comes to eBooks versus print books? Not yet. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, we actually didn't even get um, whether or not an account was KDP until maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a oh, month wow. ago. So we're just right now, and, and, and part of this, you know, I want to stress to your viewership, you know, one of the biggest game changers that I think Presses On provides in terms of the author space is we're here to listen and we are we are determining our product roadmap by what we hear from you um, because so much of this stuff is new to us. We're just learning about KDP authors as an account type. We're just learning about, like you were saying, the difference between ebook and, and paperback. My inclination from the reseller side is that you should combine them um, into one campaign set. But again, that is just me extrapolating from where I am an expert. And in six months, when I learn more, I might say otherwise. But right now, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, but we're, we're learning all this stuff and we're pulling all this data. And, and hopefully, you know, in the next six to nine months, we'll be able to release, you know, blog posts and in-depth data analysis about, oh, here are your eBooks and here are your paperbacks or, you know, here are the strategies that work and don't. But right now we're just learning, you know, we're just finding out, for instance, how important ASIN targeting uh, is for authors. And we've already started reprioritizing in order to get um, some ASIN specific uh, uh, functionality out specifically for authors. Um, we've learned how important uh, CTR is, click-through rate, um, because uh, with your secondary revenue, right, being page reads, uh, Amazon ads doesn't display that, right? They don't display it in the Amazon portal. And we also don't receive that um, on our side yet. We're hoping, you know, fingers crossed, we may get it at some point, but there's no guarantees. So, you know, we're learning that. And so we're building functionality around click-through rate specifically because it's so important to authors. Um, and so that's a long-winded explanation saying, you know, we haven't developed our really author-specific strategies right now, but that's what we're here to do. You know, we're here to learn what works for everyone and we're, learn what doesn't work and try to cater the platform you know, to what is working for y'all. Mm. So how can we help you with that? Do, do you have any type of formalized communication channel where we can start sending you, um, whether it be observations or data or anecdotes? We already have, um, so we have a standard Facebook group for just all of our users, but then we have a, an author specific Facebook group. And, you know, we're still kind of new in the author game and, and we're just kind of get, getting into it. Our author Facebook group is like 10 times as active as our normal group. Partially, yeah. I think just because authors like any excuse to be able to, to write a little bit. Um, but we have uh, an, an author's Facebook group. I'm sure that we could put a link somewhere um, with this. And we absolutely encourage uh, everyone to join and give us feedback. You know, even if you're like, oh, Presses press On isn't right for me yet, but here are some things that I'd be interested in. And if you can provide that, you know, then we gladly hop in. Like all of that is great feedback for us to understand because like I said, I mean, we are absolutely leaning into this and defining our roadmap by, you know, what is important to the author community. Yeah. Well, that's great, Derek. This is, this is really encouraging. Cause I, you know, that, like I said, the, the, uh, 
The ads are something I think a lot of authors would rather not have to mess with on a regular basis, at least not extensively. So, um, wow. Well, maybe, uh, maybe a good way to kind of wrap up the conversation. And I know you touched upon this a little bit and I know it's early, but, uh, climb back into your um, head of drone conveyed hologram ad strategy position and uh, give me give me a few years out. Um, in your ideal world, what does Prestazon look like for your average or your typical author? Yeah, I mean, in our ideal world, we, we have read-through rate and we have page reads and we're actually promoting not just on conversions, not just on click-through rate, but we're also, um, we actually we have this kind of internal dream metric that doesn't even exist on Amazon. But again, you know, part of the, the value that we add is we also have a direct line to the API team, right? So we can pitch things to them that don't even exist yet on the Amazon side. And so we have this idea for um, sort of new, uh, new reader, uh, a new reader metric, where if a, a new reader reads a certain amount of your pages, right, maybe they get up to 10 or 15 or 20 pages, you know, whatever is meaningful that we think they're going to read the rest of the book. Um, you know, we want to hit that limit and then promote whatever search term or ASIN led to those reads. Um, and so, but, you know, we need a lot from Amazon in order to get there. Um, but that would be a huge thing. You know, uh, the ASIN targeting is kind of already on its way. Um, a lot of probably some tweaks to our bid algorithm as well, because again, you know, there are things you can do with our bid algorithm. It's, it's uh, based off of ACOS target right now. Authors will typically have a much higher threshold for ACOS sensitivity, right? Because you could be running at 100% ACOS on ads, but it could be a wildly popular um, campaign, right? Because you, you're running with page reads. Um, and you're making your revenue that way. So you can you can mess with it in order to find a good balance. And I'm actually working on a tool, an external tool to help you calculate what a good balance is based on your page reads. But um, you know, the ideal would be bringing in those page reads and using those metrics as part of the bid algorithm as well. So that you could say, you know, so that we would just automatically see, oh, you know, you're getting $20 a month from this particular keyword you know, let's, even though you're not even getting a single sale, let's raise the bid on it. Um, and so there's a lot of that stuff. A lot of what I do, you know, I'm not a developer or anything like that. I, I help guide our pipeline from just like a customer interaction standpoint, but a lot of what I do is on the strategic side. And a lot of the questions you had even today is strategic. So, you know, over the next few months, I'm excited personally to, you know, learn about the author side and try to take some of my expertise from the reseller side and see what works and what doesn't work on the author side so that we can build a breadth of education and have, you know, we already have one author specific uh, blog post, but I'm hoping we have a whole section where people can go and read and learn about Amazon PPC strictly from the author perspective. Um, because, you know, that doesn't really exist. There's, you know, there's some great resources out there about, self-publishing and and uh, being an author online in general, but not a lot of people are looking at Amazon PPC from a data perspective, specifically for authors. We hope to be that resource in the future. All right, there's Dirk from Prestazon. What'd you think of that? Uh, I've, I've got so many notes scribbled down <laughs> right now. It, 
It's, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, the first thing I want to just say is, you know, it, it's obviously it's, it's slightly pricey from a software standpoint for a lot of authors. So if it's not something that's in your budget right now, if it's not something you can do right the, the second, you know, just keep an eye on it, you know, make yourself a note, you know, check back every every month, every couple of months and, and see if you can fit it in at some point, because the money that they're going to save you, you know, by doing what I've been doing, which is just literally throwing money at the wall and seeing what sticks, uh, it, it, it's going to be more more than worth it. Um, the, the only thing that they've got, and I mentioned at the beginning of this, I'd love to see them be able to create a means to use custom text. And I, I really feel that that's going to be coming. Um, the only other hang up that I really have with Amazon ads, and this really isn't a, a dig on Prestazone, it's an Amazon thing. Um, because I've got a lot of books that are traditionally published, I can't create ads for those. Oh, right. Um, so to give you an example, yeah, like my 4MK series, the first two books out of the three were published by traditional houses. And then I indie published the third one. So I can create ads for that third one, but not the, the first one. Um, with Facebook, I can. I, I just group the three together and I direct everybody, everybody towards the first book in the series, just like you would if you know if I had any published the whole thing. Um, I don't know if that's something that's going to change or not. I'm, I'm not sure why Amazon has a problem with me running an ad on somebody else's product because yeah. that's essentially what it is. But but at this point, they do. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I'm really encouraged by this because, and, and I'll tell you, I don't know. I know our friend Mark Dawson and our friend Brian Cohen. Uh, you know, have these Amazon ad schools and courses and things. But I'm, uh, as I as I asked Derek in the interview, like I, I hopefully, I, I hope we get to a point where all the Amazon ads can be automatic. Like who knows better on, on what to sell on our platform than Amazon? So if I could just go in there and put in my ASIN number and say, create an ad and let Amazon serve it to the people who they know are going to buy it with the with whatever graphics or text on it, and then use Prestazon to manage it. That's completely hands off. That that sounds like heaven to me as far as paid advertising goes. It is, but here here's the difference. So I had mentioned the last couple of weeks that you know JD Barker, the actual search term, yeah, you know, it's it's like three dollars or something if you actually include it somewhere. Um, I, every ad that I've created with Amazon, whether it's an automated, you know, where they target or whether I use their suggested keywords, it includes my name in there. Um, and, and I see that as a problem because if you know average buyer Joe Blow goes on his computer and he wants to buy one of my books and he types in JD Barker in the search box, it's going to go to the right page whether I've got an ad running or not. But what's happening is I'm getting charged for that click through. You know, Amazon knows, you know, because I've got it as a search term, like they're just tagging it onto one of my ads. So I'm paying for somebody to go someplace that they're going to go to anyway. Um, the nice thing, and, and that's something that I could see with Prestazone by digging through the, my ads, I could see what was going on there. And I, you know, I found that, um, and you know, it's common sense. I should have thought of it, but I, I didn't. Can you say um, your name is a negative keyword? Is that what he that, was that, talking about? Yeah, that, that's what I was getting at. Uh, so you can okay. go in there and you, you can, you know, if there's something that's just so blatantly obvious, like whether it's your book title or, or your, your author name, um, put it in there as a negative keyword. And this way you're not going to get dinged on the ad side and, and, these people are still going to get directed to your books because in the end, Amazon, is, they want to sell your product, whether you're paying for an ad or not. You know, if they can collect an extra 10 or 15 cents by directing somebody there, they'll do it. Um, but there's no way to put, there's no reason to put that money in their pocket. And, you know, their software allows you to not only isolate those things, um, but eliminate them. And in a lot of ways, you can, you can automate that process, which is the, the big time saver. Um, the other thing that he mentioned, and I just want to throw this out there, he had mentioned combining uh, eBooks and print books in the same right. ads. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't do that only because your biggest profit margin is, is on the eBooks. Um, so I target all my ads at the eBook, you know, and if somebody wants the audiobook or they want the print book, it, it's one click away. You know, it's, it's easy enough True. for them to get to. 
but you know, I don't see an upside to you know sending somebody to to buy my paperback or the hardcover. Um, you know that may change, but you know based on profit margin, I I wouldn't do it. That that would be assuming you have the editions linked as they should be, right? Correct. Yeah, and that that's you know it's something every author should definitely look at. And when you're um, a hybrid author like what I am, it, it's very difficult to do. Like in the four MK series, because the traditional house put out the first two books, and I indie published the third. You know, I had to go up the supervisor chain at Amazon for probably about three weeks, yeah, you know, before I could get somebody who was willing to do that, um, because they saw two publishing houses involved. Oh. So so they you know didn't see that you know, they didn't feel they could link it. Um, you know, so that that can get tricky. Um, but I think, you know, the hybrid model is getting more popular too. So I think it's when they run into more and more instances of that, I think it's going to become, you know, second nature, but right now it's, it's a big hurdle to get over. Yeah. And I was really excited too, that Derek is, is saying they're in listen mode right now. So if you guys are listening to this, it's, you know, July, 2020, if you're listening to it in, in real time and there's something you want, there's a feature you want, there's something that, that bugs you, um, reach out like they they want to know they're really uh, Amazon came to them and said, hey, you guys got a lot of authors on your platform. And so they they want to serve the audience. So this is a great time to give them the feedback if there's something you want to see or something you want removed. Yeah. And they're very responsive too. I, I, I sent a, a message over to tech support this morning and like within an hour I had an answer back, um, which, which is fantastic. Yeah. And, and Derek was kind enough to give us a 30 day free trial for our listeners. So if you're interested in just checking it out for a month, um, links in the show notes and uh, yeah, try it out. Oh, sweet. I would definitely try it if I wasn't already on the trial. I'm guessing that I can. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to ding me, but but tell you what, it, it is worth it for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that was Dirk from uh, Prestazon, and uh, hopefully you guys got a lot out of that. I, I think there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon for paper uh, PPC ads, and hopefully make it a whole lot less uh, onerous than it's been, because it's it's been hard to learn that stuff, I think, honestly, for the average person. Well, none of us want to work in advertising. We, we want to spend our time writing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. So who do we have next week? So next week, we got my buddy, Jim Kukrell. Uh, Jim is a, a nonfiction author, speaker, motivational speaker, and he lives here in Cleveland. And Jim was one of the very first people I met when I started getting into indie publishing. Uh, early, late, late 2000s, I think. Uh, Jim bought me lunch a few times and has really become a friend and a mentor. And, uh, and he created the um, Author Marketing Club, and he was on the Sell More Book Show podcast for a number of years, four or five years, I think, before he left. And, and he's doing some cool stuff now. So uh, I'm excited to have my buddy on. Uh, you know, we recorded via Zoom, but it would have been cool to you know, sit across from each other, but uh, maybe some other time. Well, you could buy that Zoom hardware I mentioned. There you go. That's what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's coming next week. Uh, to our listeners, we appreciate your support. And if you like what you're hearing, please tell a friend or consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Until next time, have a great week of writing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Writers Inc. Access the show notes and leave a comment at writersincpodcast.com.